And that's your first question every time you have a decision to make. You stand at the crossroads, and you wonder which way to go. And your question is, which way will please the Lord? That will control your thinking. It will drive you to your knees and say, Lord, open to my mind what is right. Lead me in your book, in your word, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And then you have the flip side. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. We don't want to be fools. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. I count it a great privilege to be a minister of the gospel, to have the Bible in my hand and to sit behind this microphone and to preach and teach the Lord Jesus Christ, my own personal Lord and Savior. The Lord saved me when I was 18 years of age. I was a farm boy. I was brought up with every intention of continuing in my father's footsteps. Uh, he had passed away a year prior to my conversion. But by two years after my conversion, I felt the call to preach the gospel. And I prepared for Bible school back in Northern Ireland and uh, entered the ministry of the Free Presbyterian denomination. Then in 1984, God called me here to British Columbia my wife, Beulah, and I settled in Cloverdale, and we have been here now for 34 years, proclaiming the good news of the gospel. This is the Lord's doing, and we give him all the glory and all the praise, and we just ask that we might be useful instruments in his hands to continue to preach the cross. We'd love to hear from you, to know that you're listening in day by day and that the Lord has ministered to your heart. And I hope that you'll become a regular listener Monday to Friday, 5 and 5, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. as we let the Bible speak from the pulpit of our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale. Our burden is to preach Christ in all his fullness because this is the need of men and women. Only the Lord Jesus satisfies the human heart. It's not gimmicks. It's not principles and methods. It's Jesus. It's Christ himself. And I trust that you will come to know him. And I pray that the Lord will minister to your heart today. Stay tuned now as we go to part two on the Proverbs. But this fear of the Lord, of course, is grounded in reverence for God. What is this reverence? It is a respectful distance between the creature and the Creator. Once I cross the line of forgetting I'm a creature and God whom I worship is the Creator, if I cross that line, I'm in danger of making myself my own God. I am in danger of wanting to guide myself, of wanting to be autocratic, wanting to be just self-led. But when we recognize that we're but creatures made of the dust, made in God's image, made to worship and serve Him, then we have this reverence, this fear of the Lord, 
which will control our hearts. And of course, that's based in a desire to please God. Matthew Henry, and I borrowed quite a bit from him this morning in our adult Sunday school, and I'm back to him again on this one. Here's what he said on this. Those know enough who know how to fear God, who are careful in everything to please him and fearful of offending him in anything. This is the alpha and omega of knowledge. And so if we've got all this capability and all this uh, knowledge, we want to know how to direct it and how to use it properly. Now, the use of the term fear here, it's not a misuse. It's not something that's slavish and makes us a stranger to God, but rather it is something that keeps us in line. It's not contrary to peace and pardon and fellowship. Uh, one who wrote on, on this book of Proverbs, a man called William Arnott, and he called this book of Proverbs, by the way, laws of heaven for life on earth. That's the book of Proverbs. Laws from heaven for life on earth. And he wrote this, Though the word is fear, it does not exclude a filial or a family confidence and a conscious peace. So you can have peace with God. You can be in complete fellowship with God and yet fear him. You fear grieving him. You fear walking out of his will. You fear that anything would bring a breach between your love, your fellowship, your delight in the Lord himself. Now, I want to do just one thing today. I, I've taken up a lot of my time saying a whole lot of different things about these Proverbs, trying to impress upon us that this book of Proverbs is vital for our Christian walk. When we come to our ministry tonight on Hebrews, we will see that the writer of Hebrews borrowed from the book of Proverbs. We'll be dealing with chastisement. And it comes right out of the book of Proverbs. And so the New Testament writers and apostles, they leaned on this book. It's profitable, helpful, and a great guide to us in the confusion and the maze of this world in which we walk. And so we come to this fear of the Lord. And I simply want to take a few minutes. I'm not going to preach over time. I'm not going to extend the time. But I want to preach a few minutes on the grounds of the fear of the Lord, the foundation of it. And we, in this foundation of the fear of the Lord, we need to know what God is. We need to know who he is. We need to know his character. We need to know that he is holy, and that everything about God is holy. His wisdom, his love, his justice, his power are all holy. And when we come into God's presence, we come tiptoeing. We are careful that we come to the King of kings, to the Lord of glory. Now, this does not 
turn God into a machine or God into someone that we uh, can't relate to. If you've ever heard about the little boy that uh, was warned by his dad, and his dad was working inside a windmill, and he was milling inside the windmill, and the little boy was playing around, and the dad said to him, now, when you go out, you be careful that that windmill doesn't catch you and lift you right up into the air because it will not stop. And his dad warned the boy over and over. And of course, as boys are, he just messed around and he got too close. And his dad looked out and he saw the danger. And the little boy got lifted right off the ground, right up in the air. And of course, taken by surprise, he looked back, but it wasn't the windmill, it was his dad. And he had just scared the boy a little bit by lifting him off the ground and teaching him a lesson. What a relief for the boy to discover that it was his dad that had lifted him, not the machine. And the God whom we serve is personal. He loves us, he cares for us, and therefore he gives us his word that he may deliver us from evil. And we need to know what God has done in history. What kind of God is it that we're dealing with? Many people say, well, I don't know God. I can't even think of who God is. Well, God has revealed himself in history. He has revealed himself in the lives of his people. And you can think about creation. You can think about Noah. You can think about the whole choosing of Abraham as the father figure of, of the nation of Israel and how God led his people, fed them in the wilderness into the promised land, helped them to fight and defend themselves against their enemies. This is the God whom we serve. And as you learn of God in history, you build a reverence for him because he is mighty. He's the one who brought down Pharaoh and exalted his own people, liberating them over the Red Sea. God fights for his people, but he resists his enemies. And when you learn God in history, you learn to reverence, to fear him. So we need to know that he exists. We, know, we need to know what he has done in history, but we also need to know what he has done for us. What has this God done for us? And if you're a Christian today, there's only one way you can answer that, and that is he has saved your soul from the depths of sin. The Lord has redeemed you by giving his own Son. That is the extent of God's love and mercy. And so when we reverence or fear the Lord, we fear one who loves us, who delights in us, and gives us grace, and gives us blessing after blessing after blessing. And we need to know 
that the fear of the Lord is moral. Let me explain that. The fear of the Lord is moral. It's not just, you know, ticking boxes. It's not like math, getting the numbers right. This is making the right decision. It is doing the right thing so that we walk with God in fellowship with Him. And of course, God is absolutely upright. And by His Spirit, He puts this fear in our hearts. When you are born again, when you are converted by the grace of the gospel, God puts this spirit of reverence within your heart. It is automatic for a Christian to love God. It's automatic to fear God, to have respect for Him. And one of the reasons is that when you are converted, when you're regenerated by the Spirit, the law is written on your heart. You can read of that in Hebrews chapter 8. And it's just as if you went, underwent surgery. And you can imagine the surgeon opening up and putting the Bible inside your heart so that you would live a new life. You were given a new nature. The things that you once loved, you hate. And the things that you hate, you now love. That's because you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. You see, this is gospel-based. It's not just learning by rote. It's not just facts and figures. It's your own fellowship, walk, and enjoyment of the Lord in your life. And what does it say here? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You don't know anything as you ought to know. That's the language of the Apostle Paul. You don't know anything as you ought to know until you are born again, until you are converted to faith in the Lord Jesus, and you're given a new heart. That's when you really live in the blessing and in the fullness of fellowship with God. Now, that new desire, that new reverence, that respect that God puts within our hearts, that happened to Moses when he stood at the burning bush. When he was attracted to that bush by the, the, the fire that was raging on it, and he drew near to there, God spoke and said, Moses, remove the shoes from your feet. The ground whereon you're standing is holy ground. And as he approached that fire, as he approached the presence of God, he did so with reverence. That's what this proverb is dealing with. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Then you have Jacob. Now, Jacob, I don't know if you know Jacob. Jacob was not a very attractive person. I don't think you would advise your daughter to marry him. You would treat Jacob with a long pole. You wouldn't want to have close dealings with Jacob. He was the trickster, the conniver. He was deceitful at times. Uh, you need to watch Jacob very carefully. 
But then one night God met him at a place called Peniel, the night when the angel of the Lord wrestled with Jacob and touched his flesh until he was changed. And from that day, Jacob had a new walk with God. He walked with a limp. He was a new man. And if you are really saved, if you are a Christian, you have a new walk, and you will have this fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of knowledge. In this world, we deal with worldly wise men. We deal with people who, well, they're not always very nice. They want to get the advantage. They want to trick you and fool you. They maybe even want to bully you. That's the worldly wise person. The Christian who has this fear of the Lord is ruled in a moral attitude to do the right, to please God. And that's your first question every time you have a decision to make. You stand at the crossroads, and you wonder which way to go. And your question is, which way will please the Lord? That will control your thinking. It will drive you to your knees and say, Lord, open to my mind what is right. Lead me in your book, in your word, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And then you have the flip side, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. We don't want to be fools. We don't want our children to be fools. We don't want people to reject God. We don't want people to turn their back on the Bible, on godly instruction. We want them to fear the Lord. There was a preacher I read about, it's somewhere in the back of my mind, that every time that he visited a home, when he knocked the door and was invited in, his question was, is the fear of the Lord in the house? Boy, that set the tone of the conversation. That set the nature of the visit. In such a home, the TV wouldn't be blaring. In such a home, it wouldn't be filled with the latest rock music. In such a home where the fear of the Lord is evident, it wouldn't be filled with the conversation of the ungodly, but rather it would be a place where you could be sure the Bible rules and guides, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning. It is the foundation for wisdom. Now, I'll let you into a an interpretation secret in this book of Proverbs. There are many Proverbs where it talks about wisdom as a person. Wisdom is personified as a person. That person is Christ. We have Christ in all the Scriptures, even in the book of Proverbs. And if you have fellowship with Christ, 
you are wise. You are wise. You are walking with the wise one. And he lives in your heart. He abides with you. And it is remarkable the difference between the walk of the worldly and the walk of the Christian. It's a new walk. New decisions, new desires. That's the power of the living Lord Jesus dwelling in you. And that is the fear of the Lord, that blessed fellowship and walk with him. I want you to have that. And the first step to take is to invite the Lord Jesus into your heart, to be saved from sin and to trust in him as your personal Savior. That's the beginning. That's the starting point, the foundation of wisdom. I pray that you are saved, or you will today be saved. And boys and girls, you're listening. Give me your eyes. Learn the Proverbs. Make use of the Proverbs. They will help you. Ask your mom and dad to give you a proverb for every day. My, that will teach. That will be the greatest learning you'll ever have. Because these are laws from heaven. When I think of my Savior's great love In coming from heaven above To die on the tree for a sinner like me, I am sure that he loves even me. I am sure that he loves even me. I am sure that he loves even me. sweet makes my joy so complete when I think how he loves even me when I think how he saves me from sin Oh, often ungrateful I've been My vow I renew To be faithful and true For I'm sure that he loves even me I'm sure that he loves even me joy so complete when I think how he loves even me. I am sure that 
that he loves even me. I am sure that he loves even me. And his love is so sweet, makes my joy so complete. When I think how he loves even me. Listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher. Thank you for tuning in and joining with us on the program again today. Proverbs, they are right words, the words from heaven, lessons from heaven for life on earth. And I pray that they be written on your heart and that you will live in the sweetness and in the wisdom that comes from resting on the truths of God's word. But let's not just be all talk. Let us not be Christians who are just outward show, but inwardly do nothing. Uh, What it takes to be a good friend. Here's a story for you. A cowboy explained his idea of Christian living. Now, I'm working for Jim here. If I'd sit around telling what a good fellow Jim is and singing songs for him and getting up in the night to serenade him, I'd be doing just what a lot of Christians do. But I wouldn't suit Jim, and I'd get fired mighty quick. But when I buckle on my chaps and hustle among the hills and see that Jim's herd is all right and not suffering from lack of water or feed or getting off range and branded by cattle thieves, then I'm proving my love and serving Jim as he wants to be served. Boy, there's a lot of wisdom in that one, isn't there? And we can say there are too many uh, professing Christians, and all they do is sing songs uh, about the Lord, and uh, they really do not serve the Lord Jesus. It's time for Christians to roll up their sleeves and get into the hard slog of faithfully serving the Lord Jesus. Have you been a witness? Have you been telling your family and friends? Are you praying for them? Are you going to the missionary meetings and taking an interest in what's happening in the foreign fields? Are you giving of your treasure that you might have a part in the kingdom work? Oh, there's so much that a Christian can do, and that we ought to be found busy when the Lord returns. And so I beseech you, go serve the Lord. Do what you can to Lift up the name of the Lord Jesus in your orbit, in your little world, whether it's at work, at home, in your neighborhood, in your local church. Shine for Jesus and let others know that you have been with Christ. Oh, it is a joy to serve the Lord. May he bless you today through his own word. Thank you for being a part of the program. Stay tuned now for these closing announcements. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca 
CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Mm-hmm.